Welcome to Asleep by Nine. My name is Alyssa. And I'm Jeremiah. Hello, hello. Hello. What are we going to talk about today? You got any ideas for us? I have a few things. Sweet. Give them to me. A few. Let's do it. Do you have something to say? No. Just want to hear what you got. (laughs) What's funny? A text that Addie just sent. It says, let's hike. (laughs) I'm down. (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay. So the world's changing out there. Things Mm. are opening Places have rules. There's guidelines. And I kind of want to know where you stand about the mask situation. So I went to get my hair done on Friday and salons are required to wear masks. Everyone's required to wear masks. Um, And I've heard some people complaining that they shouldn't have to wear a mask. So... I just wondered where you sit on. I know where I am on it. Well, I have a couple of things on that, I guess. One, I work with some kids who are um, obviously would be greatly affected possibly if I took something from out in the world back to them, Mm -hmm. which is always the case. But this particular issue, I mean, nobody wants to be the person who, who loses somebody. You know, the, what, what I what I talked to Addie about with it was, you know, it's it's among teenagers right now. It seems to be kind of a joke. And that's only going to be funny until one of them knows somebody who dies because of it. Mm-hmm. And then it's no longer funny. Um, and so uh, it's I think there's some wisdom in uh you know, just making sure we're doing our part to eliminate as much risk as we can until uh, we can get back to some normalcy. And then the other aspect for me is there's always risk. You leave your house in your car, there's risk. You go, you go hiking out in the woods, there's risk. If you, you know, I mean, things can happen and I, I want to reduce risk, but I, my... I don't want to walk around afraid, so I won't. Okay, but do you feel like the mask portion of all of this only, this is the only part I've, I'm talking about, but do you feel like that's in any way a political issue? Do you feel like you're being controlled or, you know, that the government is trying to control you? I don't know. I mean, for me, it's more of a social responsibility issue than a mm-hmm. political issue. That's exactly what I have written down, basically. is It's just more about being considerate than, mm-hmm. like, what, it doesn't need to be political or um, that you're being controlled or that it's unconstitutional or, you know, anything like that. I was just wondering because um, talking to the lady who does my hair and listening to 
other conversations that were happening in the salon uh sounds like people have an issue with the whole mask thing and just I'm not going to do that you can't make me do that and so part of me is um thinking about it in terms of just what you're saying like just to be considerate of the people around you and also that businesses have the right to ask you to do whatever they want to do really and then it's up to you to decide whether or not you want to go to that business or not so like at the grocery store when grocery stores say that you have to wear shoes and shirts is that what it is um you know people aren't pitching fits because grocery stores are asking them to wear shoes into the store Right, they're not no, saying they, they're being controlled. But I think there was a day that that did happen too. You do? I mean, yeah, I remember as a kid, I would walk around without shoes on all the time, and I mean, mostly because all my shoes had holes and junk anyway. But if I wanted to go into the little like plaid pantry or whatever it was that was right down the road, uh, there weren't there wasn't a sign posted that said I had to wear shoes. I would just walk in, go get what I want. It usually was like a five cent piece of candy and. They wouldn't say anything to I me. I just think you don't know how to read. You didn't know how to read. Maybe. I think they had signs. But they never stopped me. And I I bet. Maybe they felt sorry for you. They, maybe. They saw your need for candy and they decided to let you come in. Or they just wanted my five cents. Maybe they wanted your five cents. I mean, really. But the, do you know what I'm saying? Like, there's lots of places that have their own rules about what they're going to allow into their business and that's their business right like if you had a business you could say i don't know cash only and people are either going to decide to pay cash or not it doesn't mean that you're trying to control people in some way it's just what you've decided to do with your business so even if the mask thing wasn't a requirement, let's say, for the salon, but the owner is like, you know what? I would just feel better if everyone wore a mask. That That's her prerogative. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I don't understand what all the uproar is about, really. I mean, I don't want to wear a mask either. I, I wore one for the first time, and it's pretty hot and uncomfortable. I didn't like it, but it's okay. I mean, that's what they're doing. So that's what I'll do. Yeah, to me, the where it becomes, for, from my view anyway, where it becomes political is, you know, we have freedom. What, what my grandpa used to talk about, though, was freedom isn't free. Never has been, never will be. It's paid for by somebody somewhere. Like, uh, you know, the... People in the service. This weekend's a you know a, mm, yeah. a, a weekend to remember people in the service, right? Those are people who made it so that we could have make a stink about wearing a mask. It's okay that we have people that want to make a stink about it because we have freedom. You know, a lot of places don't. But I think that also includes for me on the flip side, the freedom to choose then not to frequent that place. That's right. So but okay, so I guess I don't understand when are, – are you saying in some way we're losing our freedoms by places? That's what a lot of people, I think, 
yeah i know a lot of people i'm asking is that what you're trying to say with the freedom isn't free is that you're giving up a freedom no those owners have have the right to you know say hey you want to come into my establishment you need to be clothed okay (laughs) i mean which by the way how come stores always say shoes and shirt required but not pants so i could walk in there with my shirt because socially that's socially that's a given until you walk into wally world and then, <laughs> then nothing's a given. Or unless you're Addy and you're wearing men's large size t-shirts with your own size shorts so it doesn't look like you're wearing pants even though you are. Yep. Hmm. I mean if somebody I mean if somebody were to approach her and say, you know, you need to have pants on, we'd be like, <laughs> okay, she's wearing pants. <laughs> and we would move on. So you think we just haven't gotten to the point yet where the sign's going to say you have to have pants on? We're going well, to get there? No, because we're not going to move to a nudist colony. I mean... Well, well we're not. Some people, people some people do. But to see, again, true. people have freedom to do stuff like that. And they probably wouldn't get arrested as long as they stayed in their little space, whatever that is. I mean, it could be <laughs> little or big. I mean, you go out and you buy 10,000 acres and it's private land and you want to walk around naked all day? Go for it. Be your dream come true, right there. I don't know that that's by my yourself. Dream come I don't true. mean in a colony of yeah. I don't need a colony of people. People, but <laughs> okay. I was just wondering because I just I see a lot of people kind of upset about it and like, oh, this is just the beginning. This is how they're going to start to control us. And I just see it more of a way of showing respect and consideration to others. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't know. It just it it takes into account one framework. I mean, there's there's some truth in you know the loss of what we had historically called freedoms, right? You know, a nine eleven happens, mm-hmm. and next thing you know, everything at the airport is different. Yeah. I mean, is that a loss of freedom or is that an increase of safety? Right. So yeah, it's probably so go a back little to bit. That. Of both. I don't remember anybody throwing fits because you couldn't walk to the gate anymore unless you had a oh, ticket people threw fits i don't remember that i do i think it was too long ago no it happened hmm. people were you know so anytime they'd... there's a big change maybe there's just going to be people who are upset well and there's a trajectory of change right the trajectory tends to be more constricting not loosening and the problem with that is even even if it is easily justified as safety, easily justified as, you know, social responsibility, at the end, what we used to be able to do, we can no longer do. Anytime you're taking away things instead of of giving things. In terms of the mask situation, it's not like the government is saying you cannot leave your house without a mask. It's only certain businesses or mm-hmm. places that are saying that they're going to require a mask, right? Like I, I mean, the truth of it is if I want to go to Walmart, if I want to go to Home Depot, if I want to go to most places in town, I don't have to wear a mask. No one's kicking me out because I'm not wearing a mask. No one is asking me to leave. So again, I just go back to like, if you don't like it, then don't go there. Yeah. Like why do you have to cause a stir about it if you could just quietly make the choice to not go. Yep. 
I guess I, that's, that's my angle. That's one option. I mean, where you put your time, energy, and resources is it shows a lot about what you value. And, you know, people want to be able to go where they want to go and do what they want to do. And Well, those people, honestly, I think are doing that. Kind much. of. This, I mean, so you know, this is how th- I think this is probably part of the concern. When government agencies get into the recommendations business, it becomes confusing. It may be subtle, but let's say the CDC puts out, CDC is a government operated, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, agency, right? Yeah, I said, uh uh-huh. Okay. And so they put out a recommendation that, you know, businesses request that, you know, their patrons wear masks. There's very few businesses around that are going to go against that recommendation because if somebody were to get this virus in their establishment and it was traced back to their establishment and they went against the CDC recommendations, they don't want liability. So people think about it economically. They think Mm -hmm. about it relationally. I mean, they can think about it in lots of different ways, but at the end of the day, whatever the recommendation is put out is influential. And so it, it comes yeah, but across. The recommendation as, is also just that. It's a recommendation, not a requirement. It's true. But if you go saying, against like it I, right, and like you're I out there not, on a limb all I, by yourself. Yeah. Like, so, for instance, the city where we are, uh, in order for our kids to go back to playing soccer, the city had every player sign something releasing them of liability if right. our kids were to get sick that we're saying we're giving them permission to take that risk. Right. Right. Yeah. Because the risk is really high on a grass open field. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not going to get into that part, but (laughs) it depends on if they're touching the same equipment and all these other things. And, and then what about that hand sanitizer recommendation they put out? What, Could, before and after hand sanitizer? No, but the, oh. with the ingredients. Oh, the amount of alcohol Holy that has geez. to be. Yeah. So I don't know where anyone else is, but where we are, we had a a distillery who w- was shut down for their normal business operations. And so they kindly started using the distillery and their alcohol to make hand sanitizer, which was awesome because the stores were out of it. And so they were selling it. Um, reasonably priced and our soccer team well teams got a bunch of it um I don't know if it was donated or not do you I have no idea I don't know but anyways so they spray the kids hands as well at least the little kids the big kids can take care of themselves but like Laney's team they spray their hands before practice and then after practice and wow (laughs) burns your nostrils it's so strong the poor kids are (laughs) walking around smelling like a distillery that's awful (laughs) it's pretty funny i mean it's gross it's really bad but it is a little bit amusing my biggest hope my biggest takeaway that i think people hopefully will will grab onto is just basic hygiene concepts (laughs) Talking about washing hands, not touching your face and your nose. Uh, I mean, if you need to itch your face, that's great. Wash your hands first. Like that's 
that is one of the best tricks. Even if you just, I mean, you even pare it down more. Just wash your hands throughout the day, you know? It just, it doesn't need to be reserved for before you eat and after you use the restroom. Like, I mean, I find myself washing my hands a lot more now than I did before. And it will be as simple as like, oh, I just got out of the car. I'm going to go wash my hands. Or I... I don't know. I brought in the groceries. Maybe that seems pretty obvious at this point with every where we're at right now. But yeah, basic hygiene. Yep. It's good. If that happens, man, this is this is a win. Mm. <laughs> I don't know if that's the way I would put it out there, but I would. Okay. I mean, as long as I mean, right now. Uh, don't get me wrong. I, I don't like it when anybody dies unnecessarily. But there, as of right now, there hasn't been a ton of deaths. Uh, I mean, you look at the flu; it it's killing as many people. The difference is that the flu numbers are over an entire year. This is in a matter of mm-hmm. three months. It's it's much different. I don't want to get into that because I think we're going to disagree there. Oh. You don't want to disagree with me? No, because I don't have the facts in front of me. And so I don't feel like I can properly defend myself. You said you had a few topics. Yeah, I had another one that I've been thinking about this week. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. I was born ready. I don't think that's true either. Oh, but... I came out. My mama looked at me. She said, yeah, you, you were ready. And ever since then, I've been ready. Okay, let's just move on from that. Because <laughs> I didn't like the hand gestures you made while you were saying that. Because I picture an infant and that <laughs> is a little bit weird. Okay, anyway, so this week I've been thinking about apologies. So are you ready? Are you going to apologize to me? Heck no, techno. I don't owe you an apology for anything. Okay. You owe me an apology for earlier, but you said you're not going to apologize, and then you walked away. So I would not recommend that, listeners. I would not recommend that. But that's not why I brought this up. (laughs) So we talked a little bit about it earlier. Um, Just... Learning how to, like, when did you learn how to apologize? I don't want to use the word correctly, but when did you learn how to give a good apology? Do you think? I don't know. Somebody taught me when I was a kid. I I had to learn a lot about apologizing because I was a rotten kid. So so hard to believe. They actually sit me down and teach me junk. I learned a lot of the social (laughs) stuff that should be taught in schools. That isn't because they either had to or I would ruin their classrooms. <laughs> okay. That's not a joke. Why are you laughing? Uh, I don't know. That, that was my real life. Sometimes when I try to picture you as a kid, it's funny. <laughs> uh, picture Lainey in you know, public school. I can't. That's why. That's what it was. We'll just continue to homeschool for a while until <laughs> her spitfire energy calms a little bit. 
Yeah. Until she can control those ants. Yeah. Okay. Back to apologies. So I guess it's really impressive that you learned how to give a good apology when you were little. Because I don't think I learned until I was a young adult. Either probably through Oprah, (laughs) some sort of self-help type, you know, self-improvement type book that I read. Probably also based off of an Oprah recommendation or maybe in therapy. Um, But I don't really remember that for sure. But it, it came from one of those three places. Like it wasn't anything I was taught growing up. I mean, I, we were taught to apologize. Um, But I am the queen or I was. It's true. You're not very practiced. Of giving the I'm sorry that hurt your feelings or like I'm sorry you feel that way <laughs> apology which is not as a... if my feelings are wrong yeah well sometimes <laughs> listeners never. feelings are never wrong that's right feelings, feelings are, are never, never wrong. wrong I I'm just teasing about that I like so and feel what you feel the thing that could be right. wrong is the behavior that follows Correct. the feeling and I do realize I just like to joke around and I will apologize if I have messed up it just takes me longer than it probably should yep yeah you're supposed to agree with me i did there was that long pause okay so tell me what you think makes a good apology not from your therapy brain but from your husband and dad brain well you realized those are the same brain not for me they're not because you know you're not allowed to therapize at home. Yeah, I don't do therapy at home. <laughs> no, but I do apologize. Sometimes at home. you therapy speak me at home. I use language sometimes, but I'm not doing therapy. I didn't say you were doing it. Hmm. Okay, so tell me what you think makes a good apology. Uh, when it's sincere, it comes from a place of care. So when Lainey goes out of the room saying. I'm sorry, okay? Is that... Does that feel sincere? I don't know, you tell me. She does that to you way more than me. I know. <laughs> does it feel sincere? No. Does it, does it sound sincere? Nope. Now, I mean, you, what you're talking about, there's tone, volume, and cadence. Yeah. I mean... And it matters. Absolutely. It needs to come from a place of care. It needs to be genuine. And... That there needs to be an openness to hearing uh, whatever might be missed. Uh, Usually when we owe apologies, we we have a bunch of blind spots around it where we just can't see. And so when we give the apology, a lot of times that comes with a lot of new information from whoever we're apologizing to. And that new information might be really helpful to our growth and if we're not in it to grow then we're in it for the wrong reasons it's not really an apology at that point okay so if let's say that i mean i see what you're saying about it's an opportunity to grow but sometimes i don't know if you're gonna say maybe you're just gonna say it's all growth but you know, sometimes you apologize because you realize you hurt the person's feelings and 
you're apologizing because you feel bad that you've hurt their feelings. It was so. So, do you feel like that empathy and that um, just the acknowledgement that you've hurt someone is growth? No. Okay. That's guilt. When we feel guilt, it drives us to change. That that's guilt. If you're apologizing to somebody because you hurt their feelings, it's because we feel guilty. If I did that, it's my my moral compass inside said, "Wow, I really screwed that one up. I hurt them. That's my responsibility. I shouldn't have done that. So now I need to try to undo that." To me, that's guilt. When we reconcile guilt, when we make guilt, um, you know. when we do what we can to make, um, to resolve the situation, because if we resolve guilt, then we don't ever carry the shame of it. It's it keeps us, it keeps us on the right track. So guilt is actually, I think, a good thing. And so when we're apologizing from a place of guilt, that means we're owning our stuff. But to me, that. That's when we're asking for forgiveness, which still means we need to be open, open to the idea that, um, you know, that we may have hurt them in ways we don't even understand. Okay. So if I came to you and I said, that hurt my feelings or, or that didn't feel good or, or whatever, is there ever a time when an apology would not be uh, in order. Yes. Okay. So because, you know, you've heard people say, I've probably said this to you and you've probably said it to me. And I know I've heard it from other people of like, okay, well, like if I say to you, you hurt my feelings and you said, okay, well, you're entitled to feel hurt and feel whatever you want but you don't apologize. Yeah, I don't know that I'd say it quite like that. Okay, but I'm I'm just using terms that are easy and quick to understand. uh, So if somebody is hurt because of something that I did, Mm -hmm. I could always feel feel free to apologize for hurting them because whether I intended it or didn't, whether I'm right or wrong, I hurt them. Right. It's not my intent to hurt anybody. So I could apologize for hurting them just because they're hurt. And that's not always like a requirement. You know, a lot of times people can recognize that they, um, that they were hurt by something that I did, but not because of me, but because they connected it to something in their past. Okay. So if that's the case, if they're personalizing it in a way that's on them and not you. Mm -hmm. Then then... I wouldn't have to apologize because that guilt and that shame that they're carrying isn't on me. What I could do though is still empathize. Except that as a normal non-therapy person walking around, I mean, if, if I come to you and say that hurt me and you feel like that's because of something going on with me. Do you feel then like you should point out like, 
Um, that's actually something that has nothing. Like, you should probably take a look at that because I think that's something that it depends is on how, yours. It depends on how close I am to them. I mean, yes, in an ideal world, that would uncover their like blind that's spots. That's super awkward. It It is. But in a perfect world... Well, there it isn't would, a perfect world. It would uncover blind spots. Would you rather go through the world being intentional and know where you struggle or would you rather not well how hard is the struggle uh, yeah <laughs> I'm right just kidding. no the hard I'm part is kidding. like we we ask ourselves those questions all the time i like what i have i don't want it to change this hurt me i don't want that so i just want to make this go away right well sometimes we can stop the pain of whatever it is and have a joy in a different activity and something just because we got rid of that blind spot. We can actually appreciate the world in a fuller, more meaningful way. Yes. Well, that would be good, wouldn't it? Yes. I think so too. Yeah. Um, what about, how do you feel about an apology uh, that includes asking what you can do to make it better. Like, of is, there, is there anything I can do? Yeah, to, that's to make great. It better? That's great. I mean, at least it creates the open dialogue that I'm open to, you know, to hearing what might be helpful. Yeah. You know, it might be something as simple as, you know, please don't use that tone with me. It makes me nervous or, could you grow a, a third eye? No. I'm sorry, I can't do that. I can't one. help you with that. I mean, people are entitled to ask for what they want, though. I, I use the example all the time when I'm, you know, um, with people. Like, yeah, you can. I could. I could ask you for a million dollars. I mean, the answer is going to be no, <laughs> but I could ask. You never and, know. And if you said you yes, never asked me for that. Sweet. So fork it I over. Guess we don't know That's the answer. Cool. I guess we'll never know. Right. You have to ask for what you want. Well, you can ask for whatever you want. The answer just might be no. Right. And if you're comfortable with a no, then ask the question. I think that's to me where, I don't know, most people who manage to be uh, successful, uh, like entrepreneurs and stuff, I think that's what they do. I think they're just really good at saying, this is what I want. How, do you, how could we make that happen? They just ask the question. And if the answer comes back, we can't make that happen, but we can make this, this, and this happen, they go, that's it. That's what I want, actually. Mm. And so by pushing the envelope a little bit, they get places. We went from apologies to a million dollars and... Bravery. <laughs> Courage. I mean, it asking, takes bravery to does. apologize. And it takes bravery to ask questions sometimes. Ask any high school class. Ask them what? Does it take courage or bravery to ask a question? Oh. The same people basically talk in every class. College too, by the way. I think that's true in almost every setting. Right. That's I mean, because it takes courage. You go to courage. a staff meeting. You go to a soccer meeting. You go to... A book club and it, it's the same people 
generally. That's because it takes up. courage. Yeah, it does. Teaching people to be courage is courageous. To be courage? <laughs> yes, to embody courage. Okay. You know, to be courageous is is not easy because it forces discomfort. You want to teach somebody to be courageous, they have to be put in positions where they have no choice but to be courageous. That's awkward. Awkward. Kind of like yawning in the middle of the I podcast. I know, I'm sorry. Not that you're boring or anything. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's all I had. Mostly just, I wish more people, um, I wish more people could reflect a little bit and just take a moment to see if they owe an apology and if you're going to apologize just do it sincerely well i I don't like a sorry about the language but i don't like a half-ass apology just as important as the apology though is change the behavior afterwards don't repeat it sometimes that's hard sometimes if you don't apologize but you change the behavior people will accept the apology without ever saying it yeah that's true Sometimes, maybe, you have to apologize so much, you forget the list of things that you're supposed to be working on. That happens. Pen and paper. Computer with a keyboard. Mm. Phone with voice message. Whatever those things are. Mm. Voice notes. There's lots of ways to lose track of information. (laughs) Listen to you. You're already undoing. Uh, uh, <laughs> Did you hear the dog just pig snort? Yep. Yeah. If you hear snuffling in the background, both the dogs are up here and one of them tends to snuffle like a pig. Yeah. They've been up here the whole time. Earlier, one of them shook. Oh, yeah. You might have heard that too. If you want to go back and listen again, you'll, you'll hear them <laughs> constantly. Minus when they're sleeping. Yeah. But that's what I had. All right. The two things that came up in my week this week that I've been thinking about besides Good topics between I mean besides murder, abduction and conspiracies. But that's for another time. <laughs> People are hooked. All right, with that we'll sign out. See y'all later. Have a great Memorial Day. Be good to each other. Thanks for joining us. Please feel free to contact us at a sleep by nine podcast on Instagram. And if you don't have Instagram, you can email us at the asleep by nine podcast at gmail.com. And that's the number nine.